0: Today is the day. It's been two long years, but we finally made it. Oh, man. It is March. It is mid-March, and it is a Thursday, which means we should be sitting here not doing anything and that it should be a super unproductive week work-wise and that all the men of America should be getting their vasectomies and sitting on the couch, but things are still a little bit different. It is a Thursday, and there will be NCAA tournament basketball, March Madness basketball being played today, and I am giddy as a schoolgirl welcome in everybody this is the believe in jayhawks basketball show i am jonas nordman and we waited for this day for a long time since april of 2019 it was around this time of course that things got shut down last year we've had to wait all this march madness really felt like the beginning the beginning of the end if you will last year and you know, we we finally made it. Things are not looking great still or they're on the they're on the improve. They're on the upswing, but you know, the tournament is still in a bubble. Fan attendance will be limited especially for other sporting events around the world. But we are about to have March Madness college basketball and that feels good to say. Appreciate you listening as always. We have made it through the post or through the regular season and we have made it to the postseason. Here on the Believe and Jayhawks Basketball Show and the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Here's what I believe. I got a lot on the docket today. We're going to talk about what was a very hectic week for Kansas Athletics. I made my impassioned plea last week. And hey, what do you know? Things happened. And then we're going to talk about the bracket. But... I don't want to do too much of a preview because, really, it's going to be an S show this year. Um, A little bit of an update on Kansas's roster. That plays a bit into the hectic week that was last week. I'm going to go over my worries for Kansas as we head into the most unpredictable time of the year. And then a quick little preview for Eastern Washington, Kansas's first opponent that they are scheduled to play at the moment this Saturday at noonish i think 1215 in central time on saturday i'm recording this on the thursday of it is thursday march 18th the first four will be played today uh, your wall to wall slate of tournament games will begin tomorrow which is weird you know this thursday friday setup is a borderline national holiday here in the united states but we are pushing it to friday saturday and i'm sure all the businesses of the nation Rejoice, as there will be one fewer day, one less day of unproductive workforce. All right, let's get down to it. So last week, I recorded the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Tuesday and posted it on the Thursday. And as per my luck, a lot of things happened that maybe didn't line up in the timeline of what I was talking about. That didn't make sense either. But I talked about Jeff Long and what an embarrassment it was and you know how he shouldn't be the athletic director for much longer. I believe he got fired, what, last Wednesday? And then my episode posted. So I guess my my plea for help still made its way to Lawrence, just not through these these technological radio waves. But they they found out what was going on. Brilliant move by The Kansas administration, by the way, to send Jeff Long out there on that press conference uh, right before he got fired like the day before. Give him a little bit of rope. You know, see what you can do with this, Jeff. And he ended up hanging himself. So he looked like a fool. He looked like a clown. And he got treated as such. He's no longer the athletic director. Um, My good friend Mike Vernon, who we had on the show earlier in the year, is on top of, man, for a guy who's not doing journalism anymore, he is breaking a lot of news these days. Uh, So go follow Mike Vernon for updates on the Kansas Athletic Director search. A lot of good names, a lot of interesting names, a lot of diversity in selection, if you will, which might be what Kansas Athletics needs. So go follow Mike. He has all the updates on the Athletic Director search. But what a week it was. Again, this is Kansas basketball, not Kansas Athletics show. But Les Miles did get fired. Jeff Long then got the hook. And then... Just as KU was readying themselves for the Big 12 tournament, we of course know about what happened with David McCormack and Tristan Anaruna. KU was able to win a game against Oklahoma, readying themselves, feeling good, going to try to get a victory this season against Texas, and then bang. Game canceled. Big 12 tournament over for the Jayhawks. We have since learned that it was Jalen Wilson, who tested positive, Kansas was unable to play in that semifinal game. Texas got their cakewalk to the final. I'm not taking anything away from them. I think Texas would have won that game regardless, as we know. I mean, they went 2-0 against KU this year. But, yeah, and then it put the whole program in a state of flux. People were worried. Is this team even going to be selected for the tournament? Will this affect their seating? What will the roster look like? if KU makes it to Indianapolis or to the state of Indiana? (laughs) Are we going to be looking at a lineup of Chris T. and Michael Jankovich? (laughs) Will there be five players healthy enough? What about the contact tracing? It was a real, like I said, state of flux for Kansas basketball. All the fears were sort of squelched a little bit. Come selection Sunday, Kansas is selected as a three seed in the West region. They will have enough of their rotation to put up a good fight over the weekend. And I will have an update in just a moment on what the, what you can sort of expect from the Kansas roster moving forward. It's going to be different day by day. You're going to have those three players, McCormack and Aruna and Jalen Wilson on different schedules. And I'll get to that in just a second. (laughs) Man, that a lot of people were posing the question and I think it, Bears repeating, and was that the craziest week in Kansas athletics history? It's got to be. I will plead ignorance and say that I sort of joined in on the Kansas athletics train a little bit later in life. So as far as I know it is, that was crazy. The combination of football and basketball all in one week. Loco. All right. I'm not going to sit here and be the bracket expert. One, I rarely win my brackets, my my polls. Um, People I know will do their brackets based on teams traveling in and the weather. And that has won them the brackets. So it doesn't matter what you know or who you know. It's sometimes ignorance is bliss when it comes to this stuff. Um, And this year, even more so, right? It's in the bubble. It's in one state. Who knows what rosters are going to look like? So the the fact that ESPN and every single publication, I, I know people need content and people need to post stuff. And this is a hot topic and they want clicks, but for anything to be posted of, this is how your bracket should go. This is what you should expect. It is ludicrous, right? Why do a preview when who knows what a roster is going to look like from game to game. Hopefully, now that everyone has gotten to the state, gotten to Indiana, there will be no more positive cases, but they did send home eight officials, eight top officials. Well, you know, I'm using the the term top official loosely. It was, you know, Mr. Higgins that we're used to in Big 12 country, Uh, TV, Teddy Valentine. See a lot of him in Big Ten play. So when I say top officials, you know, it's, it's more like well known officials. <laughs> but uh, again, Oklahoma had, had an, a roster effect. Davion Harmon. He tested positive after Oklahoma arrived. Who knows what happens with contact tracing? Who knows what happens after Oklahoma will play Mizzou in a really fascinating 8 9 matchup. So, yeah, I'm not going to do a, a, a preview of the bracket. I can tell you sort of the trends and what I've noticed around the country. And, and really, uh, just right at the top, I again, I don't want to take a look at giant slayers and potential Cinderella's. Because I think if you're in the tournament this year, I think you've got a good shot. Like, that being said, I think Gonzaga and Baylor are by far the best teams. It would be shocked if those two teams, but that's because I think those are the two most complete teams and the two best built for a topsy-turvy tournament run. However, here's the thing about Baylor, and there's two teams that I'm really keeping my eye on. Take notes if you want for your bracket or don't. I really don't care. It's been pretty well documented, certainly on this show. On the way that Baylor has stumbled into March play, I know I just said I'd be shocked, but it has to be said, right? The struggles against Iowa State, the loss to Kansas, the loss to Oklahoma State in Big Twelve tournament play. They had some better moments. Uh, they played West Virginia after losing to, to KU. Won other games the following week before the tournament play in Kansas City. But there's no doubt that Baylor is not playing their best ball of the season at the best time of the season. So keep an eye on Baylor. That being said, in many of my brackets, I have them winning the national championship. I think defense travels. This is the best defensive team in the country. And I think in a, in a crazy tournament like this, that's going to be important. They have a playmaker in Jared Butler, quality size, or at least size that knows their roles. But keep an eye on how they're playing. They may not be blowing teams out, but I think they're still going to get their wins. The other team is Michigan, the other one seed. Two Big Ten teams got a one seed. Illinois, Michigan, Gonzaga, and Baylor are your four. And Michigan is a team that coming into this play or coming into this tournament, lost three of their last six games. It seemed like every time we got an update about college basketball, it was, hey, Michigan lost again. So that's a team that's stumbling in, still got their one seed, so good for them. But all three games that they lost were two tournament teams, Ohio State, Maryland, Illinois. So I would not be surprised if their cold run of play continues here into this wild tournament. All right. You listen to the Believe and Jayhawks basketball show. I am Jonas Norman, Believe Podcast Network. Here's the updates that you truly care about. Kansas roster updates. Got it right here. In terms of David McCormack, expected to arrive tomorrow, as I'm recording this on Thursday. So he's expected to arrive on Friday. Is likely to play on Saturday against Eastern Washington. However, rustiness, perhaps some leftover effect from COVID-19 or whatever, should he have actually tested positive, you know, that you can't really expect too much, I don't think, from David McCormack on Saturday. But they're going to need him, and they're going to need him for a a good run. But you you really don't know what to expect from David. In terms of Jalen Wilson is expected to both arrive and could play on Monday if Kansas beats Eastern Washington, which we'll get to. They are heavy favorites. that seems like a tall task for Jalen Wilson to both arrive to Indianapolis and then play in a game against either USC, Drake, or Wichita State. In terms of Tristan Anaruna, you will not see him until potentially the Sweet 16 should Kansas be blessed enough to make it that far. And Aruna uh, tested positive, the latest, I think on Sunday it was. And so he will not be eligible until a third game. In terms of Kansas heading into the bracket, I think it's a really tough region. First and foremost, they did not escape Gonzaga, a team that already beat them this year. I, I think the fact that they have to deal with Gonzaga, a good Oklahoma team that we know about in the Big 12. Creighton, who Kansas barely beat at home. As their fifth seed, a good Creighton team, as we know. Virginia, who also had COVID issues of their own in ACC play, but it's a team you don't want to face. Um, Ohio, the Bobcats. This is one of those talked about Cinderella's that people think could go on a run. I think the potential matchup with USC in the next round is a terrible matchup. Great athletes and the second best player, arguably the best player in the nation in Evan Mobley. Oregon and VCU for a potential sweet 16 matchup and Oregon and VCU play each other and have a very good chance to make it to the sweet 16. Kansas has bad history of both those programs in tournament play, obviously. And and then of course, Iowa with the best collegiate player in Luke Garza, Luca Garza, a big man who I think would give Kansas a world of hurt. I I think that's a loaded bracket. I think Kansas has a lot of work ahead of them and, Look, the the biggest issue is right at the top with Gonzaga, and then there's just bad matchups all throughout. Uh, Again, with Virginia, a team that plays elite defense year in, year out, and a Kansas team that at times has no idea how to score the basketball. So do with Kansas as you want. Here is what I am worried for in terms of matchups. You know what they say this time of year, it's all about matchups. And if you recall, and I've been harping on this all year, There were some things I had, there were some worries I had heading into the season that 100% bore themselves out. The play of the big men for Kansas, scoring, just flat-out scoring, and then the home court advantage. So my biggest worries for Kansas and teams that they go up against, quality bigs. And yes, I'm looking right there at Iowa and Garza even USC in a potential second round matchup. I say quality bigs because who knows about Dave? Who knows what Big Mac is going to give you? The Big Mac attack could be a little bit more tepid. If all things equal and he wasn't sitting out time leading up into this tournament, I'd say this is a guy who was playing his best basketball of the season and I'd feel a lot better. But for the time being, quality size because now mitch lightfoot steps into the starting lineup a little bit of foul trouble a little bit of ineffectiveness and you go to a roster that bill self quote says is going to be tiny christian brown and marcus garrett are now your backup centers and if you have quality size this is an opponent versus kansas they could grab every single offensive rebound they could go inside every time, try to get a quick deuce. It's going to be a nightmare. Put a little inside out, draw a double team, leave shooters wide open. I think if a team has quality size, quality bigs, I think it's going to be a nightmare for Kansas. That's sort of been the issue all year, but then Dave has had his moments where he's looked like the best big man in the Big 12. Now, one thing that plays into Kansas's favor is the bubble. As the three seed in the West region, they are not traveling to San Jose or L.A. or someplace else. You know, maybe San Francisco with the new arena that the Warriors play in. You know, there's no need to travel out West for Sweet 16 or Elite 8 to face Gonzaga. So I think that's very beneficial. In fact, the region of Indianapolis helps out Kansas way better helps them as well as just about anyone in the quote-unquote West region. You know, save maybe Iowa. I don't know. I'm looking up and down. Ohio, I guess, is right next door, but that's not a team that's necessarily the powerhouse of the region. Albeit, like I said, good team. So I think the, the bubble format, who knows how the players will handle it mentally and, and such, but the bubble, one region... I think that actually helps cancels. Okay, lastly, a little look at Eastern Washington. Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. Here are the straight numbers on the Eagles. EWU, a lot of cancellations and postponements this year, but they finished hot, hot, hot. Muli Caliente went 13-1 to end the season. And if you're worried about the small school shooting threes, as a team, they shot 35% from deep. The players to keep an eye on, Tanner Groves, averaged 16.4 points per game. You're going to see him on the court. He's not going to look like a collegiate basketball player. He's going to look like a guy you go to the state of Washington for and expect to maybe do like a ski rental from. But the guy can score. The guy has scored in double figures in every single game except for one. And he's had some of his best games. Even against good uh, against like power five pack 12 teams, 20 plus points. The guys that if they're shooting the three, you have to worry about Tyler Robertson shot 30. Let's call 38 percent. Same with Michael Meadows, although Meadows doesn't get as many minutes per game. Jack Perry, a guy who. Or sorry, that's games played, not minutes per game. But Jack Perry, guy who gets 20 minutes per game, shot 50%. Although, I don't know how many threes he actually shot. But that's always the worry, right? You go up against these, these smaller schools, and you, you worry about some game of their life from deep. Of course, my biggest issue with Kansas is the inconsistency. So even if a team is lights out from beyond the arc, Will they be able to match them with athleticism and size? I don't even know. So Tanner Groves, Kim Aiken Jr. Aiken Jr., by the way, a guy who leads the team both rebounds, steals, and blocks. He does a little bit of everything for this team, for the Eagles. Kansas is an overwhelming favorite. And Jesse Newell, who I reference all the time, going over how lucky and unlucky Kansas' matchups are, said this is actually a 14 seed that you'd want to see. This is a lower-ranked team. They did not finish first in Big Sky Conference, but they did win the tournament, obviously. 16-7 in a, in a bad conference. It gets tough later on. USC is a bad matchup in a team that's under-seeded at six. But for this, Kansas is a 10.5-point favorite, which means they're going to make me sweat it out the whole way through. We made it. We've taken our look at the teams. We've taken a look at the bracket. Time to enjoy the games, or as best as possible, at least watch the games and hope for the best. <laughs> Can't enjoy the game on Saturday, because as far as we know, it could be the only sure thing. And even with that being said, who knows, right? With Kansas's roster issues, you never know who could have a career day for Eastern Washington. Don't want to overlook them, but this looks to be I won't say a sure. I was about to say a sure bet. Kansas has the upper hand for sure, but Tanner Groves could have the game of his life, and we'll roll from there. You can already hear the apprehension in my voice. I'm not expecting a lot. Like let's let's just cut cut to the chase right here at the end, right? I'm not expecting a ton from this Kansas team. Who knows about the roster? the The roster has had a roller coaster of emotion and quality of play all throughout the season. They play very good defense, which I like to think will, will be a plus this time of year. I'd rather be playing solid elite defense in March than worrying about, you know, the fool's gold of shooting a lot of threes, but it's a tough region. So we'll see, but you put on the Kansas uniform. You're expected to do well this time of year. And I I don't think there's any reason not to at least expect these guys to put on a good performance here in March. Enjoy the games as best as possible. I will be watching along with you. Hope to talk to you next week previewing the second weekend of the tournament in Kansas' play. I don't want to do a season review quite yet. I had enough of that last year. So... Like I said, enjoy. Hope your tournament does well, but not better than mine, because I love to brag about things that I've done and have not earned. (laughs) Enjoy the first four tonight. Hope Mizzou loses their first game against Oklahoma. And apart from that, Rock Chalk, it's March.